Hey, Jenny, don't change your number. I need to make you mine. Jenny, I've called your number. 867-5309. Jenny, Jenny, who can I turn to? Well, I can tell you who can turn to, Jenny, and the rest of the listeners. You can turn to the number one one-hit wonder podcast of reviewing one-hit wonder albums. That's right, the one-hit wonder why podcast. Buckle up, boppers. Hello and welcome to the One Hit Wonder Why podcast, the podcast where we review one hit wonder albums and afterwards wonder why. My name is Eric Hossieger. I am a fellow music nerd and a fellow fellow. If this is your first time listening, welcome. If this is not your first time, welcome still. Uh, thanks for clicking on the play button, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, for those of you who don't know how the this show works, I review one-hit wonder albums, so any one-hit wonder song, I will review the rest of the songs on the album, and I have a very scientific uh, mathematical scale of rating for each song I have. It's something I like to call bops, bops, alright, so from one to five, five being uh, extremely can't miss track, three being eh, average, and one being uh, ultimate stinker, all right, a stinker bop here. So, the higher the bops each track gets, the better here. So, uh, first I'll go in a little detail about the artist or band, and then I will uh, talk about the one-hit wonder, and uh, then we'll review the rest of the songs of the album that may not have gotten a lot of play uh, for whatever reason. So, this podcast is just dedicated to all the one-hit wonders out there, and it's looking at it in a positive light. Uh, I know one-hit wonders are uh, often get a bad rap, but I'm looking at a, a positive tone here and a curious tone here as well, just making sure if there's any music gold to be had. So, with that being said, uh, let us get down to the uh, episode of today, episode 7, Tommy Two-Tone and the 1981 classic 867-5309 Jenny. Hello, operator. Hello. God, that's right, you have to punch in the numbers nowadays. I should know this. Oh, yes, 8675309, that's it. No, wait, that's not it. Damn you, Tommy Two-Tone! That's right, the most uh, famous phone number song out there, I believe after the song came out, uh, you can no longer put phone numbers as songs uh, because everyone would be calling this uh, number... And there was always stories com coming out of you know people calling this number asking for Jenny, and people getting annoyed, and uh, for good reason too. If this is your number, and then it just so happened to be a famous uh, pop song, then uh, you're gonna get some calls. So uh, I can't I can't blame them, I guess, for not putting this out anymore. But uh, having said that, the song itself is a classic uh, '80s staple. Uh, the riff. And everything. I'll I'll go more in detail, but uh, again, Tommy Two Tone is the band, and uh, at this point in the era, 1981 is when it came out, and uh, it, this was kind of like the last episode where uh, the mid 90s, mid late 90s, uh, rock was in a kind of weird place. 
Rock was kind of in a weird place here as well. I uh, I feel like, you know, the classic rock uh, of the uh, late 60s, early 70s started to wane. And then we had the uh, late 70s, we had a lot more different varieties of rock that people gravitated towards, too. We had, uh, we had punk, like the Sex Pistols. We had uh, New Wave coming up here with The Cure coming out with their album uh, Three Imaginary Boys in 1978. So rock just splintered off in a, quite a few different variety of ways in the late 70s. And uh, so regular rock and roll, like arena rock at this time, your Led Zeppelins, your, your Queen, people, people were still into them. It's just now people wanted variety. And I felt like this, these few genres uh, kind of took more of a big uprising uh, and tick in interest. But that's not to say that regular rock and roll was you know, totally dead. Uh, we had, um, this was kind of link, linking in later here, uh, Pop rock started to blow up more and have more like catchy hooks, a more you know radio friendly songs like the Jay Giles Band. You can never go wrong with na na na's. I always say. Uh, so with the three genres covered, punk, new wave, and pop rock, there were a lot more. Uh, types of rock that people could sink their teeth into uh, at this point in time in the late 70s and early 80s. And uh, the band uh, or artist that we'll kind of connect with in Tommy Two-Tone is a uh, famous, famous British singer-songwriter Elvis Costello. Uh, he kind of incorporated a few of these genres into uh, a few of his albums here, and especially at the beginning with his most popular, uh, probably the most popular debut albums in history, uh, 1977's My Aim Is True. Just a beautiful song that was Allison off that record, and uh, as you can tell, ton of variety of genres of music that uh, people were getting into at this point in time. Um, so yeah, it was in interesting to kind of look through like all who popped up around this time and how much uh, the music still sticks around to this day that uh, still we listen to on an everyday basis, whether I'm just streaming or whatnot. So very, very cool to hear um, looking into this. So that is just a glimpse of the scene here. Let us talk about uh, the band we're going to talk about today, Tommy Two-Tone. Based in San Francisco, the band was originally known as Tommy and the Two-Tones, but it was shortened. There is a Tommy in the band, though. Uh, Tommy Heath, guitarist and vocalist, he started out in a bunch of different bands, uh, playing in a lot of different genres, surf, soul, country, and uh, he met up with a, uh, another guitar player, a guy by the name of Jim Keller. In uh, 1978, uh, they both met up and they began playing around the greater San Francisco area with a variety of backup musicians, filling under the name of Tommy Two-Tone. By 1979, Tommy and Jim were invited to play a label showcase that brought attention of the Warner Brothers record label. They entered the studio with bassist Terry Nails, which is a great name by the name, Terry Nails, oh, wonderful, and drummer Mickey Shine, okay name. 
uh, to record to record the band's first album, the self-titled album, Tommy Two-Tone. Uh, they had a few sing- singles they released, and they did open for Tommy, t- uh, Tommy t- Tom Petty, another Tom. It's a Tom theme here. Uh, so they started to get some more recognition, and they had a, a few singles they released. One of which it wasn't. It was a modest success, which was uh, it peaked at number thirty-eight on the Billboard Hot One Hundred. It was "Angels Say No." So Tommy Two Tone uh, had modest success off of that single and off of touring. So they went back right in the studio in early 1981 to record their second album, the album we're going to be talking about today. It's uh, here when guitarist Jim Keller approached Tommy Heath with a song that Keller and uh, his writing partner, a gentleman by the name of Alex Call, wrote together. Now, to know who uh, the, the roots here of how this song came about, we got to know uh, where Alex Call, his Keller's writing partner, came from. Alex Call was a guitarist and vocalist in the Northern California band Clover. Now, Clover, uh, they played more like country rock uh, jam band type uh, that kind of started to develop around this time. Uh, they played from 1967 to 1978. They're best known for being the backing band for one, Elvis Costello's uh, 1977 debut album, My Name is True, which we talked about earlier. It also, uh, Clover had one gentleman by the name of Huey Lewis in it, you know, of the Huey Lewis and the News fame. Huey was a uh, harmonica player and a vocalist of Clover. So uh, if you just you know YouTube uh, you know, Clover live, you'll see a few songs that uh, Clover played, and it's in black and white, uh, but it's in pretty good uh, quality regardless. And uh, just to see Huey Lewis with a majestic mustache and long mane of hair uh, jamming out on a harmonica, uh, it's a it's a treat. And they did put out an album; it's on YouTube as well. And it's really there's some decent songs on it, and uh, I definitely vibe with it. So unmistakably, that is Huey Lewis right there off of uh, Clover's last recorded album. So uh, definitely Clover has a a big pedigree when it comes to, you know, uh, pop music, rock music hits here. So Alex Call had some pedigree uh, behind him as well. So you can't not talk about Tommy Two-Tone and the band Clover as their histories kind of intertwine with one another. And uh, going back to the point of Call and Keller approaching Heath, uh, the band with Tommy Two-Tone was already pretty knee-deep into uh, recording the second album, so uh, Heath had some reservations uh, at first, but once he heard the demo of the song, uh, Keller says, uh, we all said, side one, song one. Uh, Keller realized everything blew it, uh, everything else out of the way, and uh, at the time, the band's producer, Chuck Plotkin, was unavailable to really guide any recording, so Keller and Heath, he, they produced that track, and according to Keller, it flew by after a few takes. Uh, Keller said in an interview, there were no gated snares, no synths, no artificial boosh sounds. I, I don't know what that means. None of that awful stuff that started happening in the 80s, uh, Keller notes. What you hear is basically a bar band playing together. And I'd, I'd say I'll, I'll comment on it later, but yeah, that's he, he's got it right there. And uh, so yeah, that's just kind of the culmination of uh, the band and all, on to the, uh, the hit here. So without further ado, let us play a little clip of 8675309 Jenny.
just a absolutely banger of a track here. And uh, yeah, immediately when that guitar lick hits on the intro, you know immediately what song this is. And uh, it's got a nice clean tone and uh, it, very good groove. Uh, the chorus, it hits you over the head, but it hits you over the head right, um, which, you know, as any good song is, is going to do. And uh, very standard uh, pre-chorus and chorus, excellently laid out. Uh, the, it, of the around this time, I, I felt like, you know, when Jim Keller, the guitarist, he said, like, it's a, just a bar band playing. It's, it's kind of in that era uh, of the early 80s where the bar bands got into more pop rock. Uh, the first thing that came to mind when comparing uh, the, kind of this area of music was the uh, Rick Springfield, Jesse's Girl. That's uh, kind of just what I was thinking with uh, these bar bands that cut their teeth in the 70s and got big in the 80s with, you know, pop rock uh, mainstream hits. Uh, also, you know, Jesse's Girl and Jenny, uh, you know, popular female names, uh, it turns out, for a for a song. So uh, I don't know, there's something about that. But yeah, I uh, I thought this, this song is just a absolutely uh, delightful, I'd say my one beef, is the vocalist Tommy Heath, and you'll see like the rest of the record. I I don't think he's particularly strong. Um, I like the backing harmonies, uh, but uh, he doesn't have the most range, and I, it's it's more like Jenny Jenny. Um, I don't know why I was doing like a Forrest Gump there, but it just it's not the most strong of rock voices to have because um, it, it's very uh, the music itself is hard, and but the his his vocal range isn't like the super dynamic which you don't always need in rock music but it's not a lot of variety and uh, his voice is kind of similar to uh, Dire Straits's Mark Knopfler which I, I adore Dire Straits and uh, he's got the, both got similar voices Mark Knopfler just has a, a cool vibe about him Just pure coolness right there. And I think that's what kind of lacks in the Tommy's voice is just not to say that, you know, it has to sound exactly like, you know, Mark Knopfler, but I, he kind of has a similar register of voice, but the range is just is not there and there's not a lot of variety. Um, so I guess that's something I kind of would want, you know, seeing as the uh, music itself, it's more like rock and uh, it's not, not a lot of range with uh, Tommy, but... Saying that, I still enjoy this song, and uh, also, uh, I found this out in uh, 1983, one Arnold Schwarzenegger had a, uh, a full-body workout audio tape uh, released, and he, uh, he had this song uh, included, and it, it's, it's, it's incredibly uh, fun to listen to. Uh, you can, you can, uh, it's on Spotify, it's on YouTube, uh, but it's just basically the songs, uh, you know, collection, you know, there, I mean, there's Don't Stop Believing on there, but... Uh, basically the songs are being played and then Arnold is just giving like workout uh, tips or workout uh, exercises over the songs so it's not really like any rhythm it's it's amazing um, and so yeah Jenny is on here and uh, it's just oh here's a here's a little clip pull-ups this exercise is extremely effective for your lats and your upper back Stand with your feet on either side of an open door and grasp the doorknobs with both hands. Slowly sink away from the door to the... 
just pure delightful right there. Uh, yeah, Arnold just giving you doorknob exercises, you know, you know, you, you want that kind of thing. Um, it's just, yeah, it's he's talking over all music. There's no actual, it would be great if he actually sang. I, I was hoping he would actually just sing uh, the songs, like karaoke style, but uh, that, alas, that does not exist. Only through AI, I guess, but uh yeah it, it's really fun uh, nugget of information there so uh, i had to share it i had to so hard pivot back to the uh song itself here i, I absolutely love the bridge uh the you know i got it i got it uh, the back and forth harmonies there really well done the solo is really nice it doesn't overstay it's welcome it's just a nice clean melodic tone to it it's not overindulgent like a lot of 80s rock songs usually are uh i guess uh, in addition to the vocals, uh, you know, the Tommy Heath's vocals, it fades the songs uh, with the ending. I like, I have a beef with songs that just fade and don't have endings. I, I know, you know, all, every band does it, but it's just a, a slight, slight annoyance with me with uh, songs that just fade. Have an ending, folks. Come on, come on. Um, <laughs> but having said all that, absolutely love this song. That is uh, 8675309, down to the final rating for this song. Uh, I, I love it. I love it. Can't get enough of it. Even with the, the vocals here, I still love it. I will give it for my bops. I'm going to throw out the bop rating here. Uh, it's going to be five bops. Five bops for 867-5309 slash Jenny. So that's the first track off of the album Tommy Two-Tone 2. Let's get to the second track. Baby, it's all right. So right off the bat for this song, I got some strong, strong Bruce Springsteen vibes. And looking at the uh, producer, Chuck Plotkin, I found out that he just so happened to produce several of Bruce Springsteen's records. And so that, that makes a thousand percent chance because uh, the song Baby It's Alright, if you had told me this was like a Bruce Springsteen B-side uh, cut uh, from an album, I'd say... I believe you because it definitely invokes a lot of Americana, power pop, rock, uh, little folksy. Uh, Heath's vocals does get, he, he get, try to get a little range, he gets a little raspy towards the end. Uh, I kind of like, uh, gives it a little, some character. The keyboards are, are nice, uh, but it's, this is very Springsteen-like, uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. I like Springsteen, but uh, nothing... Melody is not super strong. The lyrics uh, themselves are pretty generic. Uh, I'm just looking at it here. Uh, I've got arms just made to hold you. I've got things I should have told you. I'll walk you right up to your door, girl. I need you in my life more and more and more. Uh, nothing really super strong or descriptive. It's a uh, you know typical, you and I are alone in this uh, world together, girl. Um, so it's... Nothing uh, outstanding, but nothing terrible. Um, it's a good good tone in the rock uh, on, on the guitars and on the drums, but uh, just a you know middle of the road song. Nothing uh, a good beat, good uh, tempo. But uh, for a final rating for Baby, it's all right. I will give it three bops, three bops. So on to the next one. It is Shadow on the Road Ahead. I enjoy this track, uh, "Shadow on the Road." I uh, very much it 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 makes allusions to you know driving in the middle of the road on the run, 
uh, you know, I'm, I'm a wanted man where I've been. Lord, I'm never going back again. But there's a shadow on the road ahead. Uh, very hulky lyrics, but uh, it, it fits the tone of the song, and it's just a, a good, uh, pretty good rock song here. And uh, he, Tommy Heath's vocals, he does th- do a good job, like doing the, trying to get some range here a little bit, and uh, the, the backing harmonies of the oh, um, I, I enjoyed as well. Um, yeah, I overall, uh, you know, lyrics nothing to write home about, but uh, at this point. The music stands up by itself. So for a rating of Shadow on the Road, I'll give it four bops. Four bops. So on to the next track, Bernadia. I like this groove here. Uh, the first thing that came to mind when listening to this was, it's like, this kind of sounds like Fleetwood Mac. And Rumors, uh, one of the best albums out there, came out in 78, and this came out in 81. I'm like, which song sounds like that? And then I finally found it was Gold Dust Woman. So it's a little similar, right? I'm I'm not crazy. But if you're going to derive some influence, uh, Fleetwood Mac's not a bad place to uh, take from here. Uh, so going on to the song itself, first of all, let's talk about the name Bernadia. Uh, it's a complete made-up name. When you Google it, you will just get the song. So uh, I, I guess maybe they just needed a four-syllable name to kind of go along with the tempo. But uh, absolutely a crazy name that they used. Maybe it was like a combination of Bernard and Delilah. At least that's what I like to think it is. And uh, musically, though, it's, it's fun. It's a fun track, uh, good laid-back good guitar so, uh, solo in there, here and there. Little, little flourishes, too. Little good licks. Um, good buildup of drums uh, in and out. Uh, the lyrics, I'd say, probably the weak, weak part. Um, it's just beating a girl. You know, uh, the only line I like is, uh, you know, asked her to dance. She said, what do you mean? When I got there, I found her doing some devil step. I don't, I don't uh, know what devil step means. It means it's just maybe like a weird type of dance but the uh, devil step got the uh, i thought that was funny i don't want to reason oh the devil step she was doing the devil step um so it's a little hokey but overall i still enjoyed this song uh for a rating i will give it to Daya, i will give you four bops four bops so on to the next track track five and we're looking at why baby why So for positives for YBY, I'd say the uh, drums. Hey, Victor, keep up the good work. You're doing great. You're doing the Lord's work. Uh, and also the uh, the vocal harmonies, like the Y-E-I-E-I-E-I, um, between uh, Keller and Heath. I appreciate that. Uh, it's kind of like a 50s throwback for sure. But other than that, it's not a whole lot. Lyrically, um, you know, like I'm just looking at it here. I can't take another day wondering what the matter can be because I'll tell you straight. I don't dig this weight. Um, I don't know. It, it's a little, little hokey. Again, I know um, you're not going to this band for you know lyric depth, but it's again like I miss you or don't leave. It's kind of a variation of that, but uh, nothing to really uh, keep you listening. And the melody and the the song itself doesn't uh, help that matter. So 
for a rating for Why Baby Why, I'll give it two bops. Two bops. So, next track we have Which Man Are You? All right, positive for this song. Um, ugh, boy, let me see. Well, I like the uh, reverb on Heat's vocals. Um, it, it, it's something up to this point of the record. Um, you know, they don't really do a whole lot with his uh, voice, so it's kind of uh, good to hear. Um, boy, I think that's all I got. Um, this song, I did not like it uh, one bit. Um, I don't know, it, it seems like kind of a nonsense song. Are you sure you're completely covered for any eventuality? Are you a man who's been well advised? I I don't know what what exactly the point of this song was is, um, but uh, just a goofy, weird song that um, you immediately forget it uh, right away. So this, this seems like another filler track. I uh, couldn't get into at all. Um, melody not super strong to remember, so... Which man are you? You get one bop. One bop here. So, on to the next track. We have No Way to Cry. As far as positives for this song, I, uh, I like that the piano is featured more prominently. Uh, it's, it's kind of almost like a, a country song in a way. And up to this point... Uh, it's not really been like anything like this. So it, it's, it's got points for variety. But uh, other than that, I think that's about it for positives. Um, it's it's kind of like Why Baby Why. It's uh, kind of forgettable, the melody and everything. Um, and after a while, you're like looking at your timer and like, all right, is this kind of over yet? And it's not. So it's just kind of goes on a little bit. And there's not a lot of lyrical variety. It's just it, basically the song's about a woman trying to get over a a love and Tommy's saying, hey, just, uh, you know, time to go, baby. Just walk on by. That's no way to cry. Um, I don't know. It's just nothing really strong to uh, hook, hook you in here. So for no way to cry, I'll give you two bops, two bops. So on to track eight, we have Steal Away. more slow grooving track here uh the first thing that comes to mind is it sounds a lot like a you know outtake of a tom petty cut it has that just all the chord progressions uh, the uh organ uh the vocal melodies it sounds a lot like tom petty uh, especially too when you know at this point tom petty was huge uh and you know they they opened for tom petty so i you know maybe they took a few pointers but uh this song's okay. It's not, uh, it, I guess it's different on the rest of the album, so I guess that kind of makes it stand out a little bit, but there's nothing super memorable. Uh, the lyrics are just, you know, about, you know, a guy that's on the run, and uh, if the girl is going to turn him in, if uh, he, he find out what he's done, um, it's, you know, it's a cheesy story, but uh, it's okay. It's it's a middle-of-the-road track. I, I like uh, the you know, little organ splashes here and there. It, it's 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 an okay track. Uh, not the most memorable, but it's all right. 
so steal away, I will give it three bops. Three bops. So on to track nine, it is tonight. I like this one. I uh, was just enjoyed it. Uh, I was like, oh wait, it's already over. Um, it's, a, it's a short song, but it, it there's a lot of different parts to it. Um, you know, they varied up the pre-chorus and then the bridge. Uh, for example, the pre-chorus has a really nice little uh, dual-layered guitar solo that I really enjoyed. just an overall uh, enjoyable song it's still I'd, I'd say the downside is east vocals and the lyrics in case you were wondering tonight is uh, said 26 times so a lot of repetition um, not that there's anything wrong with that but it, it does kind of wear on it uh, every almost every single line um, and it's it's a just a hokey uh, as far as like our future comes and goes tonight on what I say and do. I got here on my charm, baby, and there's not enough. Not enough for two. Uh, so, just like, I don't know, braggadocious, hokey lyrics, I don't know. Not, not for me, didn't jive with me, but uh, again, the, the music itself was really fun, and nice hand clapping towards the end. Uh, yeah, I, I enjoy this one. Uh, so for tonight, I will give it four bops. Four bops. So on to track ten, we have only one. So for positives, I'd say the piano melody is nice driving up tempo uh, that I like. Um, good clean guitar tone, I enjoy. Uh, the mel the main riff that's used like it's a little repetitive. Um, it does, it's not really varied a whole lot. There's not a whole lot of variation on the the song, so that's why it was like I felt. A little bored, even just like a little after three minutes. Um, and especially like the last minute, it felt like they were, it kind of ran out of juice. So uh, the lyrics are pretty, pretty, you know, middle of the road as far as you're the only one for me. I got a pocket full of change. We're going to the Palisades. Um, yeah, not, not anything, uh, you know, super memorable. Uh, I'd say for only one, I'd give it two bops, two bops. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be the next track here. The last track is going to be track 11, and that is Not Say Goodbye. This closer was uh, disappointing. It sounds a lot like the previous track, Only One. Uh, similar guitar tone. Uh, same like lyrical content of the not wanting to you know, don't leave me I'm lonely without you uh, similar riff uh, melody wise there was nothing strong about it um, th yeah it, nothing discernible and disappointing um, I guess the, the, the positives uh, my man Victor on drums holding it down they sound drums sound great here uh, but nothing nothing to really like 
we want, want to make you actually even listen for at least more than 30 seconds here. Uh, so this song, Not Say Goodbye, I just, very disappointing, especially for an album closer. You want something to end on a high note, and this was not not that. Uh, just nothing nothing interesting at all. The lyrics, you know, like, you know, don't leave me here to be swept away by the tide. It's not your style to relieve a man of his pride. Uh, hokey. Uh, not yeah, not not feeling it here. So for the final track, for not say goodbye, I will give it one bop, one bop. And with that, that is the complete review of Tommy Two Tone Two from the band Tommy Two Tone, released in 1981. I have tallied up all the bops for the tracks of the album here, the vaunted bops, uh, I shall say. And uh, all together, we have. 31 bops, 31 bops if you're keeping track at home, and I have, uh, so the scale of how I, you know, a final rating for an album, I will take the amount of bops, and I will divide it by the amount of songs on an album. In this particular case, there are 11 tracks here, so we have 31 bops, and divided by 11, and drum roll please. At final score is 2.8 bops for a final rating 2.8 and 2.8 bops that's that's fair my made-up review scale continues to be undefeated here as far as its logic because uh, uh one bop being the, the worst five bops being the best uh this is a little below average and uh this is i think this is where the album uh, lines in part with it because uh again uh, i'll rec recommend the following songs uh of this album it would be Obviously, eight six seven five three zero nine, and then we have the next few tracks. We have "Shadow on the Road Ahead," and and the uh, "Bernadia," that uh, good slow moving groove song that sounds like Fleetwood Mac, and then fi finally "Tonight," I'd recommend. Um, but uh, the as, album as a whole, like there's after you get to, after "Bernadia," there's there's some uh, kind of filler for sure. And there's like the next four tracks are. Definitely filler until we get to tonight, and then the last two, only one, and not say goodbye, are not not that great, and uh, kind of end on a, a whimper. So I, again, of the era, Tommy Two Tone, you know, I finding like listening to the whole album here, they're definitely in the you know the Rick Springfield, Jay Giles, Romantics, uh, bar bands transitioning over to you know being more of a pop rock band, and uh, you know nothing wrong with that, but. It, there's definitely a formula when you hear bands of this era that they follow. And uh, again, I will give it up to uh, Tommy Two Tone. There's, they don't lean into the extra 80s flair, like uh, you know, like your guitarist Jim Keller says. Um, so it's just they, they perform straight rock, uh, but you know they pop it up a little bit. But uh, there's nothing wrong with that. So it's definitely it was an interesting album to listen to. And uh, 2.8, that's that is fair for me here. So uh, fair score. So that is it for me and the podcast. I hope you, if you got to this far, uh, thank you so much for listening. I, I have a blast doing this. If you enjoyed it, give it five stars, thumbs up, um, all that fun stuff. But uh, I love doing this podcast. Love talking about One Hit Wonder albums. And with that, you've been listening to the One Hit Wonder Why podcast, the podcast where we review One Hit Wonder albums and we wonder why. My name is Eric Hostinator, ladies and gentlemen. Have a pleasant day and a pleasant tomorrow.